0: What more can one say? This is game seven. Coming up there, there Marisin. Here comes Thomas! (laughs)
1: Thomas! He faked like he was going to throw it. How good is that? Scores a hat trick! Incredible! Four goals! Nice to be back in the garden, eh? All right, Jordan. I want to ask you one question. What? You ready? No. All right. Who's your daddy? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> And with that, welcome everyone to then another episode of the Little Hockey Podcast. As Ooh. always, my, <laughs> my name is Keegan. I'm here with my brother Jordan. Say hi in a not-so-disgruntled way, Jordan. I
0: get fucked, sense fans. <laughs> get
1: fucked. Uh, before we get into that lovely game over the weekend and a few other notes that we want to talk about, as always, I just want to say, please remember to follow the podcast on any podcast, uh, any kind of app or uh station that you listen to podcasts on we're on all of them subscribe to the show and don't forget also to follow the podcast on twitter and instagram at little hockey pod and with all that out of the way and as always right before we get into the ottawa and toronto talk jordan i know how your weekend went in terms of leafs games but how did your weekend and your monday and tuesday go in terms of betting for you do they go a little better
0: holy shit man like I'll tell you now that winning streak is that it feels like the distant past now. Holy shit. Last week after we recorded, uh, it was a rough remainder of the week. Like uh, one day I went like one for five and lost almost 20 bucks, which wiped out like a good chunk of the winnings I had made over the month. And I've gotten a little bit more conservative with my bets now. So I'm, I'm, sitting at around like up 30 bucks, which is pretty good. Again, like I started off with 75, so I'm still up almost 50%, which is pretty great. Um, I actually just looking at it now, I'm going on a little bit of a run again. Uh, one, two, three, I've got four straight wins now over the last couple days. And that's gotten me up like six bucks. So like, again, not a ton, but slowly going to be chipping away at all those, all the money I lost, uh, last week which was really rough the favorites one night did not uh, come through for me but uh, yeah uh, feeling a little bit better about it um, especially now that I've got a couple more wins under my belt still doing much better at uh, betting on hockey than I am in the stock market so uh, it's not all bad yeah maybe I'll quit my day job and become a a professional better with the two and three dollar (laughs) bets
1: And I'm guessing your tried-and-true strategy of betting against Ottawa is a little uh, in flux right now, eh? Uh, You know what? I haven't bet against Ottawa in a little while now.
0: Uh, I'm just trying to look at the last time I bet against them. Last time I bet against them was um, against Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, so uh, Ottawa's win, I guess that was Saturday. Uh, Yeah, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it was Saturday afternoon, and then we played you on Monday, and we play you again in 18 minutes. So, there, this might be a little bit of a shorter show tonight. Yeah, it probably won't be eight, 18 minutes long, but um. <laughs> it might not also be an hour and a half like <laughs> some of them have been lately. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like... any, anything else you want to talk about, betting before we head on over to the Leafs, Leafs Weekly Review? You know what? I, I feel
0: like I've got to start diving into what teams are making me money and which ones are, are killing me. Uh, earlier on in the season, it felt like uh, every every dollar I spent or I put on the Rangers was just money down the toilet. Uh, so I stopped betting on them and uh, I think they went on a four game losing streak. So uh, you're welcome, Rangers fans. <laughs> the The Panthers have pulled through for me a couple times. Uh Actually, the Flames seem to have made me a good amount of money. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, it's a lot of the Canadian teams I seem to be picking right, but
1: everybody else seems to be a coin toss. Uh, to be fair, how closely are you watching anything other than the Canadian division? Uh, almost not at all.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I'm the same. I have no idea what's going on in any division other than the North. I will not lie. <laughs>
0: I've got to say, I love those um, afternoon or Sunday afternoon games for a lot of the American teams. That's kind of my major opportunity to uh, see them play. Uh, I just get to uh, watch those games while I'm working, so that's nice. There are no afternoon games or few afternoon games during the week, so uh, I don't get to see those during work, but uh, and also because of the way the NHL schedule maker sets things up. All of the games on the weeknights start at the exact same time. So that means they're on intermission at the same time too. And I'm not I'm not gonna watch like a Arizona St. Louis game for this like the seventh one in two weeks instead of watching um like the Leafs or somebody else in the Canadian division play. It's just it's not happening.
1: No and that's understandable. Just to I just wanted to add something because I know the Rangers have been struggling and I just kind of want to turn the knife a little bit. Um, Alexi Lafreniere, have you heard how his season has been going?
0: I can't imagine it's going all that well because I haven't heard a whole lot about him, period.
1: Um, Okay, so he's played 14 games. How many goals, assist points do you think he has?
0: Uh, I know he has scored one goal, so I'm going to say he has one goal. um, Two assists, three points.
1: In 14 games, Alexi Lafreniere is a minus seven. He's okay. only been a plus, a plus player in two games, and he has a grand total of one goal. That's it.
0: Oh, that's it? That's his only point? Wow.
1: That's his only
0: point. That's rough. First overall pick. Now, some of that might go, because I know immediately most people are going to be comparing him to Tim Stutzla.
1: Yep. Jesse Sens fans.
0: Just because like um Quentin Byfield's not in the NHL right now, I don't think. No nope. and Marco Rossi's not in the NHL. Yeah, and, and Tim Stutzler's is I probably the highest scoring player out of the most recent draft right now.
1: So well I, he's I, third in rookie goal scoring.
0: Yeah. Uh, but but then there's going to be guys from previous drafts that are considered rookies because they haven't been in the NHL before.
1: Yeah, number one is Kirill Kaprasov, who's my age, 23, turning 24. Yeah, and uh, shit, that guy's tearing it up.
0: He's he I, is I, excellent. I, before Minnesota went on their uh, their COVID holiday, I I was watching some wild games, and holy shit, that guy is so good. Um, zo- he's, a e- he's, in, he's a zone- He's a zone-entry machine. Not only
1: that, not only that, but he also just has, you know, he's pretty good at hockey. Yeah, um,
0: but uh, but yeah, the what I was saying, a lot of people are going to be comparing Lafreniere to uh, Tim Stutzla. It, it's maybe not necessarily a fair comparison, just because I don't think Lafreniere is getting the same opportunities that Stutzla is. Um, just again, like I just said, I'm not watching a ton of Rangers games, so I, I don't necessarily know this for a fact but just um you know historically speaking a a rookie on a team that's got some more offensive weapons like the rangers do is probably not getting the same opportunities that a player with fewer (laughs) offensive weapons on his team like stutzla is um just out of they don't have the necessity to put him in those kinds of situations um that being said, you would think that a first overall pick would have a little bit more than one goal in their first 14 games. But, you know, it's a weird year. Um, that division is probably one of the harder divisions in the league. And the Canadians one of the easier? Especially defensive-wise, yeah. Like, is not having to go up against... Uh, shit, I can't even think about what, what teams the Rangers are playing against.
1: <laughs> uh, Philly the Islanders, which is a very good defensive team, Washington, Boston. Those are significantly better teams than Vancouver, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I think you could probably chalk it up a little bit to that. And also just the Rangers struggling in general. Um, then again, Ottawa is the worst team in the league too. So you've got to you've got to imagine that they're struggling as well. So it's, it's one of those weird cases, but again, like you've got to chalk some of that up to uh, him not getting the same kind of opportunities that Stutzel is getting as well as just, it's a weird year and not everybody is going to adjust to the NHL at uh, the same pace. Um, I don't, it's not time for Rangers fans to panic on if he he's a bust or not, but um you know, it's 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 tough for them because uh, their their previous high pick was Capocaccio, and he's not had a great start to his NHL career. Period up to this point,
1: he has three points this year—a goal and two and assists. Yeah, and I, um, I
0: I saw that he was on the taxi squad for a few games too, so he he was
1: scratched. Yes, he was. Uh, Want to hear something fun? What's that? Guess who in points, not goal scoring points. Guess who's second behind? Um, Surprisingly, who the hell? Plu Suter from Chicago? Never heard of him.
0: I have not either. Okay, but who do you
1: think is second behind him?
0: For rookie points? Rookie points. Is it a senator? It is. How many more rookies do they have on the team? One other. So it's Stutzla and this other guy? Yes. Is it Batherson?
1: He's not a rookie. He's played before the oh, season, yeah. he's played over 60 games. This player was acquired in a trade in September 2018. Rudolph's Balsers Is not on the centre. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was that trade though. It was Josh Rich Norris. There you go. Yeah, there we he's go.
0: He's second right.
1: in rookie scoring. He's tied with a uh, Kirill Kaprazov at nine points. Uh, granted, he's also played five more games than Kaprazov.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Again, he's there. That, the, the COVID holiday.
1: The, yes, exactly. And Tim Stutzel is actually tied for second in rookie goal scoring. So he's third place, but he's tied for second.
0: Not yeah, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Good start.
1: Now we're going to ignore his minus 12, which is the worst among all active rookies right now. But hey, y- You point.
0: know what? It's tough being on the senators who are like a minus 29, I think right
1: now. Yeah, that is true. He also played almost 20 minutes of ice time against the Leafs in, on Monday. So he's on the ice a lot for the worst team in the league. You're going to get Sorry, Keegan, on. there was no Monday
0: this week. It, it just jumped straight from Sunday to Tuesday. So I don't know, you know what,
1: what you're talking about. You know what? I think that uh, that Sass and Adam Austin you have right there is a good transition. Jordan, how have the Leafs done in the last week? Holy fuck, man.
0: That, I was feeling great after the – like. In the second intermission, I was like, you know what, like they're kind of slacking off a little bit. I could see the Senators coming back, but I don't think it's going to happen. The Leafs are just going to keep the, the their foot on the pedal. Here we go. We're going to cruise to a nice like five two or six two win here. And then that that early goal in the third period, what, was it Artur Zoom? Fuck man, that one I was just like shit. Here we go. Here we go.
1: That's the um, one that broke your back.
0: That that one was the one where I knew the comeback was happening. Um, just because it's a fucking rookie defenseman popping out of the box and getting a breakaway. And he did it like he did a good job freezing Anderson on it because I'll, I'll get into Anderson in a little bit. I, I think he had a pretty weak game. Uh, I don't think the loss is on his shoulders, but I think he's got, he has to take some responsibility for it. Not for that goal, uh, because every goalie in the NHL is going to look at a rookie defenseman on a breakaway and think, this guy's going to shoot. And you could clearly tell that Anderson was thinking the whole way, this guy's just going to, he's just going to shoot. Because when Zub made his move, Anderson had no backwards momentum. He was not backing into the net at all. And then Zub walked around him and tucked in a a beautiful first NHL goal. It was awesome. Like it, It was really nice. It was good for him. And he's been playing really well too. He looks like a an absolute steal for the senators to grab out of uh, Russia for no draft picks. Nothing but money is what it cost them.
1: And every single team in the NHL called him, eh? He got 31 offers and he chose Ottawa. And
0: and the thing with a free, an undrafted free agent is they're looking at how do I get into the league as fast as possible? And I'm sure he looked at the senators defense and he's like, that's how that's how I get into the league as fast as possible.
1: And he was still scratched for the first like 10 games. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you don't want to throw him to the wolves, right? Sure, but he's also not... You, I know he is a rookie defenseman, but he's 25 years old. He also barely
0: speaks any English whatsoever, and you only have yeah. one other Russian on the team, and he's also a right-hand shot defenseman, so they're not... Playing. We have three other Russians on the team.
1: Dadanov, oh, Anisimov, yeah. Zaitsev. One other guy that plays oh. his position. Like if,
0: if, if Zaitsev or Zub shot left-handed, it would be pretty easy to pair them up together and then they can speak Russian all they want out on the ice, but that's just, that's not how it is. And you can't pair up a defenseman with a forward as their like translator slash mentor, because they're not going to be on this ice at the same time together. And the mentor can't really give a whole lot of uh, advice to the mentee because he doesn't, he's a, you know, a winger can't be like, hey, man, you've got to do this when you're playing defense because it's like, hey, man, you're a winger. You don't fucking play defense.
1: It's <laughs> not your job. <laughs> screw off. Yeah. Hey, you, hey, buddy, screw off. Yeah.
0: It's, it's like, uh, you know, skaters telling goalies what to do. Like, hey, it's, you don't know Stop what you're talking box. about. Shut up. Leave it to me. That said, me, a beer league defenseman, in a few minutes is going to tell Frederick Anderson how to do his job. So stay tuned. <laughs>
1: We love a bit of hypocrite
0: and a beer league defenseman that has only played defense for two seasons too. So here we go.
1: Um, All right, Jordan, what should Frederick Anderson do?
0: Oh no, it it was just, there were. Okay. I, like I said, I don't want to blame the loss on Freddie, but I, I, I'm kind of going to a little bit. Uh, The first goal I thought was pretty weak. It was a backhand that beat him short side. Just get to your post, man. Just fucking get there. You're, you're following the play. There was no screen on it. Just get to the fucking post, man. And you've, you've stopped it. Done. It's a backhand. It's not Sidney Crosby firing it up close or anything. It's a backhand from nearly the faceoff dot.
1: It is a guy who Sidney Crosby mentors and coaches in the offseason, though. And sure, showed man. how to shoot backhand.
0: Sure but that doesn't mean he's got a lethal backhand again, it was unscreened from the faceoff dot and it wasn't Fair. like it wasn't top shelf or anything it was like Freddie yeah. I thought he could have had that one. I thought that one was a, the weakest goal of the night um, the fourth goal I didn't love, but I, I don't think it's entirely on him I just think he could have played it
1: a little bit better a like, Browns go- goal um I think so a yeah. give and go with white like right in the slot when they were three feet away. Yeah, well, no, they were further out than that.
0: They were, like, out a little bit past the hash marks.
1: Were they? Maybe it was just the camera angle made them it look was, a little it, closer.
0: The side camera angle made it look really close. And then from behind the net, it was like, okay. Like, they were a little, like, they were still right in the home plate area. It was okay. still a very dangerous opportunity, no matter where Anderson is in his net. But um, it for me, it was, he was out outside of his crease to cut down the angle on the shot. But, uh, I can't remember who passed it to, uh, Brown. Colin White. Okay. So yeah, Colin White made like a nice nifty little, like kind of back pass to Brown, but Anderson was fully committed to following White across the the mouth of the goal. And then White fires the pass back to Brown and it goes in and it's like, man, if you were like 12 inches back towards your net, you're probably getting over in time to save that. Um, but he fully committed to the shot. He fully committed to the shot, and he was way out of way out of the net to cut down the angle. Uh, again, it was a sloppy defensive zone play by the Leafs skaters. Uh, it was just I, I didn't care for the way that he played it in terms of his positioning. Uh, again, coming from a, <laughs> a a beer league defenseman, maybe not the best look for me, but uh, you know what? I'll I'll whatever. If you think that's my worst take of the podcast, just wait for a second because I didn't, I I also thought he probably could have had the uh, overtime winner. Not necessarily, like, it's, you know, again, it's tough to get on a goalie's case for not not saving a breakaway, but he's made that save before. It's just, he doesn't make that save in overtime and it's hammering down the fact that Freddie doesn't come through in big moments like that, and he has a history of not coming through in, in making the big save when the team needs it, um, especially in do or die situations like in overtime. Uh, so that that's kind of again like I I don't think it's a hundred percent on him the uh, the overtime goal. I don't think it's fifty percent on him. <laughs> I think it's like. 25 percent, maybe like come on man like sometimes the team just needs you to save a breakaway <laughs> and it sure. seems like he, it seems like he can do it you know in the second period or the first period but he can't do it in the third and he can't do it in overtime and he can't do it in the postseason and that's what's frustrating
1: it also doesn't help that in this game in particular marcus hogberg at the end of the third and in overtime made some Big key saves.
0: Yeah. Like it, it was like the two goalies had opposite games. Freddie seemed pretty relaxed and solid for the first uh, like 38 minutes or so. Um, once that shorthanded goal went in, it seemed like that's when the wheels started to come off his game a little bit. And then, you know, the wheels seemed to roll down the ice and attach themselves onto Hogberg. And he just took it and rolled with it because uh, he shut the Leafs down in the third and in overtime, he made some huge saves. He did very well. Um, he did really well in the last like 22 minutes of the game. Um, yeah. And it, it's just frustrating to see other teams' goalies elevate their game against some of the best shooters and playmakers in the league that are on the Leafs, and then the Leafs' goalie can't do it against the fucking Senators. The and then worst team in the league that can't score goals got six on him. Like Again, I don't, even, I don't think that the three goals that I brought up are 100% on him. I'd say that the first goal, probably like 80%. I, I would put the blame, like, come on, Freddie, like 80% of that is on you. You've got to make a save on a backhand shot to the short side from the faceoff dot. You've got to, you've got to make that save. Um, Reasonable. The other ones, it's like you, you probably could have done something a little bit differently and made it, but I, I, I can't lay this down at your feet.
1: It's one of those moments where, or one of those games where you look at him and say, it's not your fault, but make a damn save.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, like the the shorthanded goal, Nick Paul's goal at the end of the second. Oh,
0: that, that was absolutely John Tavares' fault.
1: He yes, put and, that
0: right onto, Paul, uh, onto um, Watson's tape, I think, for the first. Yeah,
1: and, and Freddie made the first save. He saved Watson's shot, and then Nick Paul got the rebound.
0: Yeah, and there were four Leafs there. Yeah, four Leafs lost the puck to uh, Nick Paul. John Tavares gifted Watson a like a grade A scoring opportunity. And you know what? And if that if that was onto Tim Stutzler's stick, it's probably in the back of the net. There is no rebound. But because sure. it's Austin Watson, like Freddie gets to make a save there, and then four guys can't cover up one Senator to prevent a, a rebound shot from going in.
1: Nick Paul
0: he's tearing it up. He's having such a good season. It's, it's really too bad that it's taken him this long to develop into this player.
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's too bad because he's 24. He's still got some like four or five prime years left. It's so funny because that Spetsa a trade feels like it was 10 years ago. That was 2015. I want to say. Yeah. 2015 we, 2016. Well, Alfredson retired. 2014. Twenty fourteen.
0: So it was the season before that. that no,
1: uh, no, he's sorry, sorry. I think Alvin retired. Did he retire in the hat in the lockout year?
0: Well he 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 went to the Red Wings for a full season, right?
1: Yeah, and I can't remember if um oh if he was there for a full season, then I think it would have been uh twenty fourteen that he retired then, yeah.
0: Um yeah. Because Spezza was the captain for the year Alfredson was in Detroit.
1: Spezza was captain for two
0: years. Oh, really? For two years? I thought he was captain for one. Huh.
1: Well, I... he was captain for an entire year, and then during his second one, he requested a trade. Yeah, and then he was traded that, that offseason. Yeah, and then Carlson was named captain. Carlson yeah. was only captain for three or four years.
0: That's yeah, that's that's crazy. Again, it it for me at least it feels like it was. Like the, that could have been a six year contract for Spezza. And I, I would totally believe you that he mm-hmm. sorry, the six year contract with Dallas. I, I would absolutely believe you that if you told me that he signed with Dallas in like 2013, I'd be like, yeah, totally. But I, it must've been later than that. Like it's crazy. I, I have no recollection of how long Spezza was in Dallas, but.
1: Um... Ottawa traded Spezza to Dallas. Okay, Spezza's first year in Dallas was 2014-2015. Okay. He so, was on yeah,
0: Dallas is... for one, two, three, four,
1: one, two, three, four, five years he was okay. in Dallas.
0: All right, so I, I was close with six, but, you know,
1: wow. Yeah, yeah. but we're not here to talk about Jason no, no, this it, time because he didn't I, score I was, a hat trick.
0: Yeah, I was, I was trying to – Rewind contextualize the out where, the where Nick this. Paul. Well, I was, yeah, I was trying to figure out where this uh, train got off the tracks there. But yeah, Nick Paul, like you said, Ottawa traded him, traded Spetsa to Dallas for Nick Paul and all that other junk in 2015.
1: Uh, in the off season between 2014 and uh, the 2014-2015 season. Okay,
0: so it was so the summer, summer 2014. 2014.
1: So he was okay. Seven years ago.
0: So yeah, it it took Nick Paul seven years to develop into a full-time NHL player. Yeah, because when we
1: got him, he was still in junior, I believe.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just all of the turnover that the Senators organization has had since then that makes it feel like it's been such a long time. I mean,
1: seven uh, years is a long time.
0: It it is, but it's not unrealistic for a not like top five uh, overall draft pick to take five to seven years to make it to the NHL, right?
1: Yep, that, that's he... not that's
0: not unrealistic. It just feels like it's been ten years for him, because that he he was a pretty significant piece of that Spetsa trade. So you would hope that a significant piece of a trade for such an impactful player would turn into an impactful player themselves faster than that. But it it wasn't the case for him. It, yeah, it's, I... it's good that it actually did turn out, but uh, it it does feel like it it should have been a long time coming,
1: right? Well, especially when you trade, you know, Jason Spezza in his prime, right? Like Jason Spezza, I believe, was 28 or 29 when we traded him.
0: Oh, no, he he would have been older than that.
1: Well, he's 37 now. It was seven years ago, so he was 30. 30. Not not in your NHL prime. No, I guess that's post-prime. Also, uh, Nick Paul turns 26 in March. Okay, so he's 25 now. Yeah, correct.
0: But yeah, regardless, like it's good for him that he he's he's a full time NHLer now. But it it's just to me felt like a very long time that we've been hearing about Nick Paul being like another year away from making it to the NHL.
1: Yeah, Um, and he finally made it full time last year and has stuck since. And this, like you said, this year, like that line of Paul White and Dadnov is lethal. It, there, it is
0: now. It took it it took the it took um and, uh, a while to get going, but now it is and White because he wasn't playing for the first like seven games of
1: the season. Well, not only that, but they were revolving White's wingers ridiculous at a ridiculous rate, and he couldn't develop any chemistry. And then they finally said, All right, screw it. White, you're playing with Dadinov. And then those two were kind of developing some chemistry. And then they threw Paul on there, essentially to be a Hyman type, where it's yeah. Go in the corners and get these to the puck. And, I mean, since that line's been together, Dadnov scored five goals in five games. Like, that is – now you could argue that's our top line because it's probably our top-producing line over the last five-game span. And they – I think their core seed during the Leaf game was in the 70% range. Yeah, but –
0: some of that would have been score effects in the second period. And then the third period, like up until the game got to within two, well, I guess that was within the first two minutes of the third, but yeah, like you you could account some of that to be score effects. And then the rest of it is very much the senators earning their, uh, their (laughs) Corsi. Yeah.
1: We definitely took over the game after the, uh, after the second period. Yeah. And it
0: it was. Go ahead. Yeah. Part of that I, I wanted to say was, the Leafs second line with Tavares and Nylander is struggling right now. Tavares has Yeah, what's a,
1: going on with Willy? Hey I, I that, that sigh. It's it's tough to say because
0: like Nylander is excellent. He's very good. He gets a lot of flack because his game is very relaxed. He's not hustling in to get to pucks first like marner or hymen are sure sorry my dog is in here chewing on the chair i'm sitting on um
1: <laughs> Maya down
0: yeah um so yeah and like Nylander he, he's not moving his feet the same way that other players are so he gets a lot of heat for like not trying and stuff but you know what he's incredibly talented so he doesn't have to try quite as hard as some other players do um that being said like I think it's just the chemistry that Nylander and Tavares had last season, like last season, especially isn't there anymore. And I'm not sure what the reason is for it. I think they might need another, uh, like a new winger um, to help them out. Uh, for the last little while, like Mikheyev has been up there and he just doesn't have the the finishing touch to be on the second line. Um he he can do a half decent job of being the Hyman on the line of like going in and grinding and being the puck retriever in the corners and stuff. But he he's like Hyman was like two or three years ago, where you couldn't bounce it in off of him. Uh he uh like it got you to the point where the, the goal that Mikaio did score over the weekend against Montreal, he had to watch the puck hit the back of the net before he celebrated because he's like there you know i know across the line but that doesn't mean it's a goal for me it could just like (laughs) you know there could be some quantum physics thing here where the puck just disappears from their net and appears in ours and they count it as a goal against um
1: for all i know the uh, opposite goal line is actually a wormhole into my own net so i'm waiting for
0: this he he was waiting for the twine to bulge before he celebrated and you, you could tell that that was a guy that was like doubting his offensive capabilities a little bit or just being worried about how his production was going. Um, and it, it's kind of I, I don't know they like they tried Hyman on that line on Monday and I don't think it really worked. I, I would be interested to see if switching Marner and Nylander would help Tavares and Nylander get out of their funk a bit. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant to do that because Marner and Matthews are just so dominant together, but I I think you really need to get that second line going because you can tell that they're not very confident. And when they're not confident, they're, they're not playing well at either end of the ice. Like Tavares had, again, on Monday against Ottawa, he had some absolutely brutal giveaways. There was a few of them where it was just right on to the Senators' tape. And you you can't have your second-line center and captain do, do shit
1: like that. No, absolutely not. And I think, is Matthews leading the league in goal scoring? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So do you really want to split up a line that has Marner third in the league in points, and Matthews winning the Rocket? Like exactly, that's to balance out two other players.
0: But you, you like the way that the Leafs are built. They need that second line to produce. If the second line isn't producing, then it's only Matthews that you're counting on to score goals. Because the third and fourth lines, when like they do chip in every so often, but you can't really rely on them to go out and score. Um, a a goal a game or anything you really need that second line to be firing as well otherwise you're just relying on Matthews and the power play to score goals and you're not going to get very far doing that
1: especially as you
0: get closer to the playoffs and and uh, penalties start getting called tighter
1: in my opinion between your first line between Matthews Marner Tavares and Nylander every game those four players should guarantee you a minimum of two goals.
0: Yes, the the top two lines each game should be good for a goal
1: each. Not not the top line, not the top six. Those four players.
0: Between okay, yeah.
1: those four players,
0: you but need that, two that goals. That makes game. up that makes up uh, two thirds of our top two lines.
1: Sure, but like I, uh, I don't care who you throw on the left side of either of those lines. Those four players are the ones you pay to score goals and get points those four players mix mix in morgan riley in there and um i'm trying to think of another offensive defenseman that you have but i guess you really don't have any other than that um yeah,
0: morgan riley's our most dynamic offensive defenseman and most purely offensive defenseman um
1: you can argue Letnin, but he oh yeah really but a he, lot he's, of them. yeah he's
0: not an every every game player at least not at this point he could become that over the season but yeah i don't think uh it's gonna happen over the next few days anyways
1: (laughs) yeah like um so tonight you have freddie in net um not jack campbell
0: uh jack campbell still injured for at least another week if if you're seeing anyone other than freddie it's going to be michael hutchinson and in that case i'm putting money on the senators
1: (laughs) i'm watching the game the feed right now and it's freddie freddie is in net They're, Um... they're about to drop the puck
0: now you, you were talking about who you don't, you don't care who the other or who the left side winger, whatever winger is on the top two lines apart from uh, Nylander and Marner. Like, isn't it uh, Thornton and Hyman on the left side and Thornton and Hyman, like on whichever sides, I don't know left or right for them.
1: Um, but wow. those are the other two. Those yeah, are the it, last two to make your top six.
0: Yeah, and Thornton has had some really good chemistry with Marner and Matthews. So it. Oh that, yeah, he has. That was a good play for Matthews' first goal. It's it's like I said uh, before the season started when we saw that uh, Matthews and Thornton were going to start the season on the same line. Like, how do you contain those two guys? There's number one, they're huge, um, and number two, like they they're just so good at protecting the puck and getting the puck back when somebody else takes it. Like there's, there's just no containing them when they're on the ice together. But that being said, it would be interesting to see how Thornton could do with Tavares and Nylander or Tavares. Like if you had a a second line of Tavares, uh, Marner and Thornton, if you carry over a little bit of that chemistry, because Matthews and Hyman have had some chemistry in the past. And in the past, the uh, Mart or the Matthews Nylander pairing has actually performed better than the Matthews Marner pairing cough cough Matthews for a goal game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like there could be a little bit of line shuffling in the future. If that second line doesn't get going in a hurry. Um, and I'd be interested to see what kind of moves they, they, w- which players they move around because it sure seems like the Jimmy VC experiment is on its last legs in Toronto. Um, I don't think Alex Galchenyuk is the, the answer and we can get to that move in a few minutes. But, I was going uh, to
1: ask about that. of what yeah, thought I,
0: I don't think he's an answer in the top six. I think he's, he, you, know, you, you give him a few days or a week or something to uh, get used to how the Leafs play. And he could very well just be taking Jimmy Vc's spot on a fairly regular basis. Yeah.
1: Uh, and your fourth line winger isn't going to make or break you.
0: No, it's not. Or at the, least it, it shouldn't. No, but I, I do think that Galchenyuk, like he could potentially be an option on the second power play if they're looking to shake some things up. Um, well, here we go. Sorry, the, the Leafs game, or Leafs and Sens just started and Leafs had a two-on-one there, but uh, turned into nothing. Surprise.
1: What, what's the clock on, on your game right now? Uh, just about to hit 17. Yeah, okay. So you are a little further than I am. I don't think I am live right now. Um, I, I am not. So yes, uh, yeah. How about we get into that? The uh, Alex
0: Galchenyuk, since our last recording was traded twice in the in, traded twice, <laughs> or he was traded. from Ottawa traded from Ottawa to Carolina, put on waivers by Carolina, cleared waivers, and then almost immediately traded to Toronto.
1: Which it kind of seems like Toronto did that to have them. Like
0: the, the flexibility, mobility, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I think that they knew that they figured nobody else would take him, and then when he cleared, they said, "You know what? There's a guy that's shown that he's had some offensive prowess in the past. He's obviously not a thirty goal scorer in the NHL, but he's done that before. Mm-hmm. So he can score goals. It's just you know he he's not that player that everyone thought he was, and maybe he can." Uh, He can perform okay on the bottom six role with a little bit of power play time is kind of my thinking. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the Leafs um, coaching staff and skill development people can help him out if they can. Uh, We kind of said the same thing for Jimmy Vesey and it hasn't worked out that well. So, you you know, like whatever, both of those guys have um, cap hits that can be buried in the AHL so I'm not super worried if neither of them work out. It's It would just be concerning if uh, they don't work out and then the Leafs can't find anybody to, uh, you know, pick up or to cover the goals that we lost when we traded uh, Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen.
1: In the yeah, playoffs. all, what, 30 goals combined? Oh, well,
0: 35 to 40, right? Like, if they were both scoring, like, 15 to 20 goals, like, it wasn't really happening, but...
1: No, I I think Janssen caps out at like his best season from now on will be anywhere between fifteen to eighteen goals.
0: Yeah, I I think that that was kind of his his ceiling. Anyways, yeah. I I was never really a huge fan. Um, just because he he always like he's, seemed... a,
1: he's he's a third he's a good third liner.
0: And even then, like I don't know, he just seems like he needs way too much space in order to do anything
1: sure what about like Kasperi Kapanen I think tops out as the third best player on a second line (laughs) and I like okay yeah Andreas
0: Janssen what do you think his point total is this season in 10 games uh
1: three
0: yeah spot on two goals one assist
1: yeah just like, he's he's not, is he a good defensive player? I didn't, I never watched him closely enough. I know he was used on the penalty kill and the, on the Marlies. I never really heard too much about him on the PK in Toronto.
0: I don't think he was on the PK. He was on the power play, but I don't think he did a whole lot. Now, Kasperi Kapanen, what do you think he's at in 11 games? Uh, four points. He's at Six.
1: Oh, he's not doing
0: bad. No, he's not doing too bad. Uh now apparently I don't think he's playing with uh, Crosby like they had hoped. Um No, he's with Malkin. Yeah, he's with Malkin, which apparently uh, I was listening to um uh I can I can't even remember where I heard it. It might have been on Steve Dangle or something. They were talking to somebody from Pittsburgh and he was like, "Yeah, like everyone from Toronto was like shitting all over Kasperi Kapanen when the Penguins traded him, but like he's doing pretty well here with Malkin." And then the guys were like yeah, but isn't that how it always works? The Penguins acquire somebody, being like, "Yeah, we see him playing with Crosby," and then it doesn't work with Crosby, and he clicks with Malkin.
1: Like, I, I think that was Friedman on Thirty One Thoughts. Maybe,
0: yeah. I don't know because they
1: because they had Brian Burke on.
0: It was more than 40, 45 minutes ago that I heard it, so I have no recollection of where it.
1: Came from. <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, I saw before, right before we started recording, that Rasmus Sandin got hurt indefinitely on the Marlies. Was he someone that you kind of expected to be on this Leafs team? And do you think, like, I know he's hurt now, but imagine he's not. Do you think he's someone that could kind of change the makeup of the Leafs and maybe give them the shakeup they need? I uh,
0: Before the season started, I thought he would get more of an opportunity to play on the Leafs than he did. Um, that being said, I'm fine with him up until he got injured, I was fine with him being on the Marlies for the majority of the season because like he, he's showed some promise, but I, I, he's not like, he's not a top four defenseman on the Leafs yet. No. And I, I don't think you bring him up to the Leafs to be like a six, seven defenseman. And that's what he was going to be because by the, like he wasn't going to be playing on the right side because the Leafs only have three right-handed shot defensemen. So he was, going to be fighting for the the uh, third-pairing left-side defenseman with um, Travis Dermot and um, Lettinen, And there's just no sense in having him play a third of the games when he could play, up until he got injured, all of the games in the AHL. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to, if he was healthy, I'd... I didn't think that he was going to be the guy to come in and like shake things up and be the, the answer for the Leafs defensively. Um, I, I think defensively, the answers are in the dressing room for the Leafs. They just have to figure out who it is and how they do it.
1: Wayne Simmons.
0: And you know what? Like, that My my proclamation of his signing being the most overrated of the offseason when the season started uh, is sure it's looking
1: but, pretty bad. Yeah,
0: coming back to bite me in the ass because like five goals in the games he played and the Leafs power play is looking a little less dangerous now that he's not there. And he, I think he was on the second line with uh, Neilander and Tavares and maybe that's part of the reason why that line isn't doing as well now.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, like he... Jordan in the offseason... Toronto's best signing may have been Aaron Dell and their worst was Wayne Simmons. <laughs> but again,
0: remember I did say like, I, I love that we have Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons was my guy when I was in a, a keeper fantasy league. Like I kept him as a player every year. Cause he was such a dominant power forward. Um, I love that he's on the Leafs. I wish he was healthy and playing with us now. It was just You know, I didn't think that he was going to make the impact everybody thought he did, and then he came out and made that impact in the first, like, ten games of the season. So, uh, you know, fuck me. What do (laughs) I know, apparently?
1: (laughs) Well, hey, at least you were wrong about something, I guess. And you you know what? I
0: wasn't wrong about Aaron Dell, because if we still had him, I wouldn't be shitting bricks about a Michael Hutchinson start tomorrow night against the the worst team in the league.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's gotta be some kind of awful feeling. Oh man! Like,
0: like I, I'm going to need a whole lot of uh, anxiety suppressant tomorrow night in order to watch that game if he's starting.
1: No coffee, only whiskey. Oh man,
0: it, it'll yeah. be like uh, how I imagine Hurricanes fans felt the first like ten minutes David Ayers was in the net against the Leafs. That's how Just, I'm going to oh, be. Oh
1: my god! Yeah,
0: that's how I'm going to be for sixty minutes because, and I. I just won't be able to go on Twitter at all over the weekend. I actually, I've got to admit, I've barely been on Twitter the last two days because whenever I open it, I just see sends fans
1: just, Oh my God. They're happier being good. the most obnoxious assholes you've ever met. Oh
0: my God.
1: Yeah. Hey, Hey, we're coming in dead last probably in the entire league. Hey, and we I, beat the Leafs.
0: I don't blame, I don't blame you at all. It's totally fine. Like do whatever you've got to do. Uh, to be happy about the season. Just keep in Let mind. Let us cope. Yeah, just keep in mind, it makes me feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Think so, of
1: my feelings. Yeah.
0: And you know what? Like, I wouldn't brag quite as much if it was
1: if the roles were reversed. So uh, maybe uh, be nice. Yeah, because it should happen if the roles are reversed. <laughs> you had a 99.97 chance of winning that game, according to Dom LeCision of The Athletic. And you loose lost. Loose chicken. What loose chisen? Sorry. Loose
0: chishin Loose chisen. It's it rhymes with loose chicken.
1: Loose <laughs> um Loose chicken. I'm just gonna call him loose chicken from now yeah, on. Dom loose. Dommy L. Um, uh, yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah, I ninety-nine point nine seven. Yeah. We had a zero point. One three chance of winning that game, according to his metrics, which yeah. to me are all made up anyway. So <laughs> I'm not taking them at face value. But you know what? We still won. Yeah, no matter how I, I, improbable. As, as much
0: as the stats folks like to say, like, oh yeah, no, it's just it's pretty simple math. I'm like, you know what? They it's not. It's <laughs> it's beyond me. It's incredibly
1: <laughs> complicated. And if just tell me
0: uh, rocket science, and I will believe you exactly the same amount as I believe you right now.
1: Yes, like I'm pretty sure whenever he puts out any kind of stats or metrics, it's after he's like run the run numbers or like I don't want to say simulation, but like he's run the data through fifty thousand times. Yeah. So in fifty thousand times, Toronto w- wins that game ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm I'm watching the game as we're talking, and the Leafs just had a boneheaded breakaway and or uh, giveaway in the offensive zone, and. I'm pissed again.
1: Well, what, what is the, what is the time clock for you? Uh, it's coming down to 10 minutes in the first. Um, Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of you then. Um,
0: I'm sure that's riveting, um, podcasting for everybody. Us giving you updates on a game that is already at least 12 hours old. Uh, (laughs) So you're welcome. And and not even score updates, just time clock updates. Um, actually I'm surprised you haven't noticed yet. I've, uh, I'm trying to channel some Leafs legends here in order to uh, get a win tonight. I'm wearing. Yeah, you got
1: your Sundin jersey. My
0: yeah, my youth large Sundean jersey on. Does that the, even fit you? Uh, you know what? Not on the sleeves, but uh, yeah. The,
1: uh, Jor- not, for though, it's not. Jordan raised at his. Seams. <laughs> Jordan raised his arms, and the cuffs of his sleeves went past his elbows. Yeah, they are like, too. His elbows. tricep. They're. They
0: it's basically a three-quarter length baseball tee, is what I'm wearing. <laughs> this youth large Sundin jersey. From meanwhile, I, I I was trying to figure out when what season it's from because uh, I think I got it like Christmas 2000. So uh, I think it might be from the 2000-2001 season. Those are nice shoulder
1: patches on it, though. Yes,
0: yeah, so the yeah, the stylized maple leaf on the shoulders. It, yeah, it's from like the 90s jerseys. So I I don't know. I've got I feel like I've got to go figure out what season this is from. Because uh, I can't remember when they went to the TML on the shoulder, which was
1: garbage shoulder patch. This one's way better. And now they have it for their real logo. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is it is pretty much the same logo.
1: How confident are you feeling Toronto uh, in their game tonight? Do you feel like there's gonna be pretty, a win? I feel pretty confident just in a
0: um, in, in terms of a a betting trend that I have heard and kind of been following along as the season goes, um, when the favorite in a series loses the first game, uh, at least like a, a little while ago, they were unbeaten in the second game. So they usually
1: the favorite usually, comes back swinging
0: in the second game. Usually the favorite comes back in the second game and you can basically count on a win in the second game. So... I'm feeling pretty confident that the Leafs are going to pull this off. Uh, I don't see the Senators going on a three-game win streak with two of them against the Leafs. Um, but That I being said, I if the Sens go on a
1: three-game winning streak, it would involve two against the Leafs. That,
0: exactly, yes. <laughs> um, now, I do think there's a pretty good chance that the Senators win
1: tomorrow. I do because I, I think our backup goal is better than yours. Yeah. Fuck that being said, we have not seen Hutchinson play this year.
0: Yeah, which is why I'm so friggin' worried about it.
1: Because he has not played... he did hasn't he play played. In, well, he played in the uh, uh, the bubble. Yeah, he for, played Colorado. for
0: Colorado. Yeah, he played for Colorado, and he did pretty well for them. But the Leafs are not Colorado. Leafs don't have bad Cal in the car and Bad shit happens to the Leafs. Bad shit doesn't happen to Colorado. Well, Apart from everybody on their team getting injured in the conference finals.
1: Or the second yeah. round.
0: Whatever series that was
1: you know who's looking like just like a very good first liner rather than the top five player in the league is nathan mckinnon uh, i think he got 15 that was, point I he think got 15 that points in 12 games early on. like he i i have not watched a single second of colorado hockey but just looking at his point totals and everything i understand he's also playing against vegas and st louis almost exclusively that's true yeah yeah but
0: but he's also playing against some of the worst teams in the league beyond those two
1: yeah isn't that the division with all the california teams i think so i think arizona
0: yeah because the the avalanche um i think they they played some games against the kings and the they didn't do all that well yeah they lost one of one or two of them yeah, I think I won some money off of that one. That's how I remember. <laughs> that That's basically yeah. how I know what's going on in, with all of the teams now is who am I making money off of? You know what? And that's got to be fun to be engaged with the rest of the league. It is. Yeah, it, it is It is making it, like I said, early on in the season. It's, it's making, I, I can get emotionally engaged in a game that doesn't involve my favorite team. And also that doesn't involve the teams that I want to see suffer miserably, like the Senators <laughs> and the Oilers and uh, the six Canadian teams that aren't the Leafs. Uh, that's not true. Come on. I'm, pretty,
1: I'm pretty indifferent to the Jets. <laughs> I was going to say, Winnipeg has got to be the one team across the entire North Division where everyone else is kind of like, I mean, we don't want you to win, but we're not rooting against you. It, it's just because Winnipeg doesn't really have like a natural rival. Them in Vancouver apparently are heating up. Sure, because Vancouver is shit, and Winnipeg is like kind of middling. Well, Winnipeg has one of the best offensive cores in the division, and the best goalie in the division, yeah. and probably a bottom two or three defense core in the division. <laughs> so they, it, it's weird. If it wasn't for Connor Hellebuck, they would never make the playoffs, or they would not make the playoffs this year at all. Oh, geez. The Leafs are getting outshot five to two. That's, that's sub good. And they just <laughs> iced it. Seven to two. Seven to two. You get two more shots. Oh, Christ. Yeah. But we also have some bad passing anyway. We're, we're commentating on a game that's already happened to these people listening.
0: Yeah. Um, and we also promised, like fifteen minutes ago, we were going to talk about the Galchenyuk slash desingel trades. So uh, okay, the, so here let's talk Dezingle, about it. The, yeah, how do you feel about bringing Dezingle back and getting rid of Cedric Paquette, who was garbage for you, and Alex Gauthier, who, uh, you know, had fifteen minutes on the team?
1: Um, I mean, Gauthier, I'll always remember his snipe, his one and only point slash goal for the for us. It was he made it count, but. Him and Paquette, both, they just, it just didn't work. And you know what? We got them for not a lot. I mean, Paquette was essentially a cap dump by Tampa. And if he didn't work out, he didn't work out. And I'm not too broken up about him leaving. Gouch, I just hope he finds his game, man. Like, I feel so bad for that guy. I hope that he can do something in toronto even in a depth role on like a pp2 for whenever he gets into the lineup i hope he gets something going he he's faced a lot of crap pardon me in his career that i hope he he gets it on track here uh Dzingle coming back is cool i mean his best years were in ottawa where he got over 20 goals and in his most recent one was on pace for almost 60 points if he stayed in ottawa so like he has a track record of being a pretty good middle six forward. Our left side is kind of clumped up with Kachuk, Stutzel, and Paul. So, with the step on rumors that he wants or wants or will be coming out, and with the Nisimov, you know, people wanting him to just kind of fade to the taxi squad, um, it kind of seems like one of two scenarios where either Logan Brown is called up to play center. Or they move Stutzel into center, maybe later in the year, um, could be uh, on the horizon to make make room on that left side for for Dzingel, because you don't get Dzingel and then play him on the fourth line. I think. I think if you have him, you you want to put him in position to succeed, and for him, that's second line left winger, first maybe second power play. Yeah, I I, I think he'll be good. I'm not expecting him to come in and be a, a world ender or anything. I just want him to help with some offense.
0: Yeah. It's, it seems like that offensive opportunity is the thing that he didn't get with Columbus Anywhere and else. Carolina. Yeah. Cause I like, there were so many times, especially in the bubble uh, last, uh, last postseason, where he was a healthy scratch a lot of the times. And I was surprised by that just based off of, you know, the offensive output he had in his last uh, season in Ottawa and as well as the contract he was signed to. It, I was going to say, his almost $3.4 million contract. Yeah, like that, that's a pretty decent chunk of change to just say, like, hey, man, we're better if you sit in the press box.
1: <laughs> no, uh, I think I was watching some of his highlights from Ottawa, and like he was a good Ottawa senator. Yeah, he his, was. His issue was always that he couldn't finish
0: on all the breakaways he got. He could have been a 40-goal scorer if he had just scored on
1: some of those breakaways. Absolutely. But he was able to improve his shot while standing still. And he was, became a much more useful player on the power play for us. He was really good at what he would always do is he'd come down the left side and either throw it back to the defense or throw a shot on net for a rebound. And then what he would do is he would just slow down, slowly skate behind the net, lose the, the guy defending him kind of go out of sight, and then just hang out right beside the net for a rebound and be completely untouched. If you look at his goal against Pittsburgh in game seven to tie it and send it to overtime, that's exactly what he did. He came down, he lost his coverage, and then he just slowly and quietly got himself back into the play, back into a good spot, and he scored probably the biggest goal of his career. So like, you're, I, you're saying does Zingle good, uh, Galchenyuk bad? I'm saying Dzingel worked in Ottawa 3 years, 4 years ago and I'm saying uh Gautenyuk did not work in Ottawa this year. Yeah. And I'm excited to have him back. It'll be weird to see him as number 10, but sorry, Stutzel is better. Stutzel's not giving up at 18.
0: Stutzel's going to be here for a longer time than Dzingel is in all
1: likelihood. Well, we'll fucking see. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah with um uh, it's uh
1: yeah, how do you feel about him being on the Leafs? What do you see him as on your team?
0: See him as uh, like a an occasional bottom six player that maybe gets some power play two-time. Um, I I think it's a low-risk acquisition, but they also, it, it's interesting in the sense that the Leafs traded two players for him, so they're freeing up some um space in terms of their uh the the maximum number of contracts that they're allowed to have
1: yeah they they freed up a roster spot they
0: freed up a roster spot that they can use later on in the season and elliot friedman says that the leafs are talking about trying to acquire a winger that could play with or play in the top six
1: taylor Uh, hall
0: yeah i don't think it's taylor hall because they would need to move way too much money in order to do that the Leafs are going to be... No, if you get able...
1: them at 50% retained and send Carford the other way. Yeah, but then we've got a hole at our third line center. Uh, When your top six consists of Marner, Matthews, Hall, Nylander, Tavares, and Hyman or Thornton, you don't give a shit who your third line center is.
0: Sure, but you know what? I, pff, no. Um, I heard uh, the guys on the Leafs report, um, James Myrtle and Jonas Siegel, saying that the Leafs that that winger might be Michael Granlund from Nashville.
1: That'd be interesting because he can also play center. So then if you get rid of Kerfoot.
0: And he, he's a decent defensive player as well. So he, he doesn't hurt the Leafs in either end of the ice. And he just hasn't worked in Nashville uh, when he was traded no. there last season. And this year he re-signed with them just because they were the only team that seemed like that. I think the Leafs were in on him for a little while but then they couldn't make the money work, so they went for some, some cheaper options. But now they're able to um, accrue some cap space over the, the length of the season, and they could be able to fit them in. Um, so that, that could be interesting. Um, it, it's it's just tough because, you, you know, you don't want to give up a whole heck of a lot for a guy that may or may not work. Um,
1: oh, geez, that was close. Okay,
0: sorry. I'm like, no, I'm watching it too, here. and I've been
1: wincing in everything here.
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to uh sign off soon, but uh, yeah, um, like I, I, I'm i gonna have to look at the list of uh wingers that might be available. Uh, Taylor Hall is out of the Leafs price range, um, even at 50% retained. And if you give up Kerfoot, I think that's too much, too much to give up for a guy that is only signed until the end of the season and is going to be too expensive to re sign. Um, and the Leafs under Dubas haven't made moves for guys that are going to expire at the end of the season. He he looks for guys that are going to, uh, that are under contract for a longer period of time, like uh, Jake Muzzin was. So I, I think it, in order to kind of narrow down who that player might be, we've got to look at guys that are signed beyond this year. Uh, Michael Heintz an interesting one. Uh, I've I've got to look at uh, some lists to see who else could be intriguing.
1: Jordan was giving up Demar Derozan and whatever else the Raptors gave up too much for one year of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, no, because they I, won. Sure, but
0: I don't think Taylor Hall is Kawhi Leonard, and also like,
1: I, sure. I, I think, and Kerford uh,
0: is not Demar Derozan. No, but the the Leafs' problems are. Not going to be solved by Taylor Hall. Like I'm looking at uh, Sportsnet just put up a, a stat here that shot attempts right now with three minutes left in the first period are twenty to three for the Senators. That seems oh,
1: good save Murray.
0: So yeah, uh, Taylor Hall is not going to fix the Leafs' problems. Um, but I I do. I'm intrigued to to look at a list of, of players this season and uh, maybe I can do something and, and make up a little social media quiz or, or poll to see what, uh, what our followers think that Leafs should do.
1: Well, quick side note on the Mikel Granlin thing. When was the last big player trade or acquisition Nashville has done that actually worked out?
0: Oh yeah. No, it's, it's just, they, they still, Oh, Oh, this is the big save you're talking about. Damn it. um Um, yeah it's just they they think that they're still contenders and they're very much not
1: your best player is philip forsberg uh
0: their best player is roman yossi
1: oh fair fair
0: but i i think that their forward core like you look at them and on paper you're like you know ryan johansson and uh matt duchene your top two centers that's pretty sweet right but then you stop and think about it for a second and you're like those guys are probably both second line centers, right?
1: I would say both yeah. of them are best utilized as a good second line center. Yeah,
0: uh, Philip Forsberg is a is a pretty good first line player,
1: but he's uh, your second best player on the first line. He yeah. should be. Philip Forsberg should not be the best player on his line unless he's on the second line.
0: And like, name another forward on Nashville beyond those three.
1: I uh, can't say Kyle Turris anymore.
0: No. So like, that's the, like who the hell else do they have? That's going to Grandland. Goals? Yeah. Mikael Grandland who like was a healthy scratch a bunch of times last year. Um, yeah. So the Nashville's problem is that they keep making trades for guys thinking that they're contenders when they're not. Um, so uh, by the sounds of it, we're, we're like a, a few games away from Nashville starting to, um, to sell guys off. So it'll be interesting to see who they move if the Leafs are looking at getting someone from Nashville, I'd be interested in like Matthias Eckholm or maybe like, I don't th- Ryan Ellis would cost way too much, but yeah, I'd,
1: I'd, I'd love, love him on the Leafs. top line or a cost friendly top pairing, right-handed offensive defenseman.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, I, I might give up a third or a fourth round pick for that.
1: Yeah. You know, I'll throw in, um, I don't know. Uh, oh, Timothy Liljegren. So they have their right-handed shot defenseman replacement. There you go.
0: Yeah, sure. Him and VC plus a third. Who says no?
1: Yeah, who says no for Ryan Ellis? Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Yeah. So uh, the first period's almost over here. So we've got to get the hell out of here so we can actually watch this game. Um,
1: before to we go,
0: we're not, we're gonna skip the uh, double agent game this week because we've just got too much social media stuff going on that nobody's giving a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> But Jordan's
1: working tirelessly. On, I, I'm working
0: so hard on getting this stuff up there for all you guys that are like just scrolling past it, not even looking. So thanks so much, everybody. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do for the rest of the season, uh, whenever the Sens and Leafs play, we've got a new game called the head to head game. I'm just going to tweet out a, a graphic w- or a, a picture with some pixelated Sens and Leafs players on it. And you've got to guess who those people are based off of, uh, you know, the stats categories I've got on there. Um, On Monday night, I was doing it during the intermissions, and then I decided, you know what, that's not enough time for people to see this. So today, I I put it up in the morning, and I've just been retweeting it all day. So uh, just follow our accounts, and uh, you'll get to see those whenever we post them. And uh, please play. Um, On Twitter, if you're trying to guess the players, uh, I've just decided our Twitter account is going to follow anybody that participates in the game. So if you're uh, desperate for some new Twitter followers, uh, just you know, drop some ridiculous guesses in there. And on Instagram, uh, I can't remember what I said you would to get if you participate, so uh, just...
1: A uh, shout-out if you get it right on tonight's show.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, congrats to uh, Jack Bailey, our good yep. friend from the Blue Line Report who correctly guessed that Fre- um, Freddy. Craig Anderson and... There you go. Reimer are the franchise leaders in Battle of Ontario. W- regular, regular season wins. And... Um, Oh, Matt Nafe from uh, another friend of the show from the Centennial uh, guessed it correctly on Twitter. Uh, there we go. Yeah.
1: And uh, nice to also, have some other podcasts involved.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jack and the guys from the blue line report also guessed uh, last week's double agent
1: correctly. Um, oh, they're not calling that a goal. Oh, Jordan. Oh, oh son of a get bitch. ready. Stay on for this. Cause I want to hear your immediate 2.2 seconds left. Watch what happens. Like, I'm sorry, but this is going to be a controversy tomorrow. All right, here we go. We got 20. Oh, we've
0: got to sit here and listen to me watch a hockey game for 20 seconds, Keith.
1: <laughs> no, uh, trust so me. This is... yeah, the,
0: the Leafs have some offensive zone pressure here, but they're not really doing anything with it. And then Matthews has it behind the net. Uh, back to Marner, still behind the goal line. Marner flubs it out into the middle. Matthews along the near side boards, five seconds left. Oh, Thornton, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough oh they said no goal
1: like oh. are they yeah. gonna call it go- he just straights up pushes murray into the net so are they gonna call it goalie interference oh it's that's tough because i think the puck is in front of his pad right it is but he's moving the goalie in the crease intentionally to me that's goalie interference <sighs> whoa
0: man like Uh, I I get it when the puck is under the pad. Here's the uh, down low angle. So the puck is loose, and Thornton shit, Like, yeah, you can't really just shove the
1: goalie into the net, but also the puck is out there. Absolutely, but you cannot move the goalie while he's in his crease to get a goal. He intentionally moved Murray to get a goal. You know what, man? Like, I... He intentionally I think interfered with Murray's ability to make a save. That Murray, is,
0: you know what, in, you know what um, impacted Murray's ability to make a save? Him lying on his belly on the ice
1: doesn't matter. No, he was in fuck, his, fuck, his own man. crease.
0: The puck is loose. Like, sure, I, I get it. Like, move it and shoot it into the net. Like, come on. But also, that's not Murray having his pad over it or his glove over it, and you're shoving that into the net. Like. If, if Murray doesn't want to get moved at all, he's got to do something that prevents himself from getting bumped into the net. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's my, my blue glasses on here, but that should have been a goal.
1: If that happened, if Brady Kachuk pushes Anderson's pad with the puck on his stick.
0: I would find out where Brady Kachuk lived and burn
1: his house down hey don't do that Norris and students will live with him don't do that oh there we go three for one awesome no no that I think that was the right call that's not a goal sucks to suck eh Ottawa outshoots Toronto 10 to 5 in the first period love that
0: yeah I've got to hear some of the talk about that in the intermission because I need somebody else's perspective on that my initial thought is fuck that that should be a goal loose puck no. like
1: uh, you can if, shoot a puck in the net you cannot move a goalie to get the puck in
0: then the goalie's you, got to find a position that is not so easy to move him he yeah i don't know whatever
1: no those are your blue glasses those are 100 your blue glasses right now your fucking goal man all right no. um so yeah we're skipping the double agent
0: game congrats to matt and the guys from the blue line report for guessing some players right on some stuff like on twitter and instagram <laughs> uh, you're
1: very much in just fuck it i want to watch this game mode yeah like i come on man um
0: all right outro stuff jordan on you outro stuff here we go make sure you're following the podcast on instagram and twitter at little hockey pod uh, you can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at jsmall1771. And you can follow Keegan at L-I-L underscore little28. Um, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app. or are on a whole bunch of them. Um, rate and review the show where you can. Uh, we will read any five-star reviews uh, when we remember to look for them. It's been a while since we've gotten any, so uh, we just don't uh, check all that often. <laughs> <laughs> and Fair um, enough. You know what? I, I was checking our stats from our um, podcast history today, and I was shocked to see that um, our two two of our largest markets for people that are listening to the show and downloading are um, Columbus, Ohio, and Ham Hamtramck, Michigan. So shout out to everybody in Columbus and. Hamtramck, Michigan. I don't know how to pronounce (laughs) your town's name because it has an MCK at the end of it. I don't know what the hell that's about. But uh, thanks to all of you folks that are, for some reason, listening to a Sends and Leafs podcast from two guys that are in Ottawa. So shout out to you folks. Like, holy smokes.
1: Thanks. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate it. Yeah. I think
0: we've got to figure out some, like, neat things in Columbus and again, Hamtramck, michigan uh, and uh, you know just shout them out and get some uh, nice clout from the locals there
1: thanks everybody appreciate yeah. you listening to us and All you right, Jordan.
0: washington virginia too again why <laughs> <laughs> if you're why from, are
1: there
0: a, if you're from are there washington, any
1: sense fans in washington granted they're probably leafs fans hey you if, guys are yeah, if
0: there's, everywhere if, if the people from washington virginia ham tramp Michigan and Columbus, Ohio are listening. Please, like, go and give us a shout out and tell us why the hell you're listening to this show. Like, I'm really interested to find out who you are, how you found out about us, and what why you are apparently why. Listen, listening and downloading every single episode twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, yeah. We just want to know why, yeah, because all three of those towns have more downloads than any like Ottawa location. It, it's oh, awesome
1: yeah i oh, really appreciate the support guys for your uh upstairs neighbors from here
0: yeah and shout out to the people in france too that have listened to every episode like excuse me yeah france japan switzerland united kingdom germany czech republic yeah it's crazy all those people okay. are supporting us more than the people in ottawa
1: yeah, yeah. gotta love that yeah. gotta pay for some local advertisement yeah pay
0: all right we're dragging this show out jordan yeah i've got to go and uh, find out who on this uh, intermission panel agrees with me that that was definitely a goal and the uh, league is biased against the leafs
1: oh as always
0: yeah as always so uh thanks for listening everybody again follow us on all the things i said and uh do the stuff that we told you to, and we'll uh, (laughs) talk
1: to you next week thanks everyone catch you later what a finish